guys, my name is Helen. And my name is Tayo, or the Imprint Leicester interns. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're new, we would love for you to subscribe to our channel, Imprint TV, and you can also find us on Imprint Podcast. Enjoy the rest of the service. God bless.
Christian life is a partnership between God and the Christian family, the church. God is the source of all things, including our money, and we give back to him in the form of tithes and offerings. This enables the church to undertake the work to which God has called us, extending the kingdom and giving to his name. You can give by a bank transfer or at weareimprint.org give. opportune moment because you know the Bible makes us understand that at a certain time that the angel of the Lord would always come and stir the waters at a certain time what that means is that every single moment was not the same every single moment is not the same in the spirit please understand this every Sunday is not the same every house fellowship that you find yourself in is never the same any given moment in the presence of God can never be the same it is a fresh opportunity for a fresh encounter with the Lord. It is a fresh opportunity for a, a fresh touch from the Lord, for fresh direction from the Lord. And so wherever you are, just lift up your hands and just allow God to be able to open up your heart to receive His Word this day as you are watching this. You know, just go ahead and pray. Father, may you open up my heart that I may be able to receive your word. May you take away from me every preconceived thought, every preconceived idea, whatsoever that has the capacity to, to stand in the way of me receiving your word and truth. Father, Lord, may you do away with such in the name of Jesus. May your word be like a lamp unto my feet, O oh God. Let the entrance of thy word, may it bring forth light and may it grant understanding to the simple. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Malado sebrahatena ato. Mezo shabrahasiladiatonas ekabaro shikaba. Come on, just pray. Father, grant me understanding. Grant me understanding. Oh, Lord, that you would take away every preconceived thought, every prejudice, God. May you, may you strip it off me. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, wonderful people of God, you know, 
this time last week, um, I came with a word and I was speaking about the Kairos moment. The Kairos moment, how that in the time of God is in the business of establishing his purposes and establishing his kingdom. In a time when God is, is, is so willing to make manifest his purposes here on earth as it is in heaven. I want you to understand that it is about that same time that the devil is also living large, seeking whom he might devour. It is at that same time that the enemy prances around like a roaring lion. He, he roams around like a roaring lion, you know, seeking whom he may devour. Many things. And then the, the kingdom of darkness is also up to you in, 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 in such a moment and in such a time. And I was trying to establish last week why it is so important for you and I as sons of God to be able to, to discern the times and the seasons. And I was saying that the sons of Issachar, the Bible says, that they understood the times and seasons. If you and I will ever be able to maximize effectively anything that God is doing, it will require our alignment to His purposes, our alignment to His will, our alignment to whatever God is doing per time. And that alignment can only come by reason of your capacity to discern accurately the times and seasons. If someone is still with me, say amen. Now, you see, last week, this is what we're talking about. And uh, it was so important for us to understand that, that what's happening in your family, what's happening in your own individual life, is not as a result of uh, maybe your backsliding. It has absolutely nothing to do with that necessarily. I, I, I brought a different perspective as inspired by the Spirit of God. And I said, and the, the challenges that are bedeviling your family at this moment in time it is an orchestration of the weapons of darkness uh, that seeks to, to bring the distraction your way to take your eyes off what God is doing in your life and in, in his church and so forth and so on. Tonight, this morning, this afternoon, whatever time you might be watching this, I, I bring a similar message but from a different perspective. And you might be wondering why the title, you know, are you entangled? Why the subheading are you entangled? Before I go anywhere, maybe I should take this as an opportunity to pray for anyone that her might be entangled in this moment in time. You know, you would define entanglement as a complicated or compromising situation uh, 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 or relationship. You know, and maybe you're, you're in one of those situations. Uh, I pray a prayer for you and I ask that God will deliver you from such entanglements in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, you see, this is not the type of entanglement that uh, I want to speak about tonight. It's a very different kind of entanglement that we're dealing with here altogether. So, if you drifted away just there, I need your attention um, in the next few minutes from now. Someone say the Kairos moment. If you check the book of Ezekiel chapter 14 verse 1, you see a situation, uh, a, a, a scene where the prophet of God is sitting with the, the elders, you know, and, and that's as, as, as much as we can peep into because it, it, it happens to be that the word of the Lord came to the, to the prophet 
whilst a discussion was taking place. You know, maybe they were discussing how to uh, go about improving the conditions of the church, as in their localized church. Perhaps they were speaking about how to partner with, with the high authorities to better their, their, their locality. You know, there was a discussion going on and uh, something very particular happens in that situation that I want us, I want to draw your attention to. So I want to read it for, for, for us. Ezekiel chapter 14 from verse 1 says, Now some of the elders of Israel came to me and sat before me, and the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, these men have set up their idols in their hearts and put before them that which causes them to stumble into iniquity. Should I let myself be inquired of at all by them? Then it says, Therefore speak to them and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Everyone of the house of Israel who sets up his idols in his heart and puts before him what causes him to stumble into iniquity and then comes to the prophet, I, the Lord, will answer him who comes according to the multitude of his idols. You see, my emphasis is not so much about the, uh, you know, the latter verse. It's so much about the former. Once again, I re-narrate um, the scene to you. Elders are sitting around and it happens to be that the word of the Lord comes to his servant, the prophet. And in the midst of what seems like a high esteemed discussion, God brings a disclosure to his prophet. Now, you see, I love the ministry of the prophet because the, the, the prophet is someone who is able to have such disclosures with God. Um, you see, he might not always say them, he might not always mention them to you, but rest assured that they have these very intimate moments with God. Now, that's that's a privilege that's you know really and truly not only uh, exclusive to just the prophets, because you can also have such moments with the Lord. But I'm, I just want to just talk about the ministry of the prophet. It happens to be that in the midst of such a high esteem discussion. God comes to the prophet and he says that this is exactly what's taking place. How that these men have set up idols in their heart. I want you to understand that God's definition of a man is not so much about how beautiful you are, how handsome you may be looking. In fact, it has absolutely nothing to do with such. That's not how God defines a man. God does not define a man by the, the many degrees that you have accumulated over the previous years, not necessarily. And neither does God even define a man by reason of the, the tongues of angels or the tongues of men that you speak. That's not how God defines a man. God defines you and I by the condition of your heart. The condition of our heart, that's how God defines us. So God comes to the prophet and he says, contrary to whatsoever that these people are doing or what it may seem as though they are doing, I want you to understand that deep down within them, they have set idols in their heart. Oh, I'm going there at this moment in time. 
What idol do you have in your heart? I am Matoshibrahatai. And as I'm speaking, I'm trusting that the Lord will, will stir up within you a holy conviction. Because in the Kairos moments, there is a need to have a heart check. Yes, we can never, you know, aspire to, to, to pro progress in, in the matters of the kingdom if our hearts are not rightly aligned with God. If we, we have idols in our hearts, if our hearts are not in the right condition, rest assured that nothing will happen. God is waiting for you and I to remove every idol from our hearts before he can enable us and empower us with the necessary and the sufficient grace that will help us to partner with, with whatsoever he is doing per time. It, it, it still remains true that you shall have no other gods before him. That, that is still true to today. These gods that the Bible makes mention of doesn't necessarily need to be um, some, some statue that you know one has carved out. It has though that was in those days. But I want you to know that even in a time such as this one, it is possible for you to have an idol in your heart, and it's about time that we address these matters. God can even tell how, how far that you will go by the current condition of your heart. It's very possible. This is how God sees men. God is able to look at you and, and be able to, to, to let you know that by, by reason of the current condition of your heart, this is how far you will go. I remember a story in the Bible concerning Elisha and uh, a man named Hazael. And the Bible says that, that you know, when Elisha met this man, he stared at him in such a way that Hazael became even more so uncomfortable. And so Hazael began to ask Elisha, you know, what's happening? Because Elisha began to cry. So he says, why are you weeping? Then Elisha made a comment and he said, uh, paraphrasing now, the reason why he weeps is because he can see the evil that this man will do once he becomes king. The man of God was able to look at that man called Hazael and discern his evil that he is yet to do. You see, this is how God... <laughs> looks at you and I. He's able to even tell how far you will go. God can look at you now and, and see that at a certain moment in time, you know, the way you used to seek after him when when the anointing uh, 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 for, for healing was not yet on your life, the way you used to seek for him back then, he looks at your life and he sees that five years time from now, that same drive, that same passion, you're no longer going to have it because by that time, God would have become, uh, uh, you know, an attachment rather than a necessity to you. This is how God assesses us. He checks our heart. Now, 2 Kings chapter 8, verse 1 to 13 is, is what I was speaking about when Elisha wept 
And in verse 13 of that scripture, Hazael, he, he poses a question back to Elisha and he says, you know, how could I? How could I? In other words, by reason of my current circumstance, there's, there's no way, by reason of my own personal assessment, there's no way that such a thing could ever be possible. There's no way that I could be as wicked as you claim I will be in the future. There's no, no. And we have these moments where we tell God that, no, because we, 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 we take on a, a, a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. These are the times that we're living in. And if you and I are ever going to be used by God in a way that you're so willing and desiring to be used by Him, if you and I are going to be, be partakers of, of his, his divine nature as far as revival is concerned, there is a need for God to vet the motives of your heart. This is what this vetoes your it, 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 it completely, uh, uh, this is what gives weight to all the prayers that you, you pray. The fasting, the prayers, it is the condition of your heart that facilitates those things. God is not so much impressed about uh, 21 days of fasting if the heart condition is not right. I want you to understand this today. Total surrender. When you cry the cry of David and say, God, search my heart. Search my heart for every hidden fault. Search my heart, Lord, for every hidden fault. This is, this is when you begin to allow God to shape and mold your heart in such a way that it becomes consistent with His will. It becomes consistent with His ways of doing things. Lord, try me. Search my heart for every hidden fault. I want to carry on by saying something here. That as a man thinks, so is he, the Bible says. When you read the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 23 verse 7, it says, as a man thinks, so is he. You know, which means that whatsoever um, 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 that you're, you're, you're currently like, the physical manifestation of your reality is as a result of what has been conceived in the heart. Yes, this is how the Bible even speaks concerning sin. You know, in, in, in saying that before sin can even be fully developed, it is first conceived in the heart. It's, it's something that, you know, it builds up over time. The thought, the, 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 the appetite for sin is something that is steadily built up in your heart. And then when sin is fully ma manifested, you, we should never be surprised because it began in our hearts. Contrary to whatever we whatever excuse we tend to give ourselves. Amen. It says, as a man thinks, so is he. Now, I want you to understand that this is what uh, facilitates or, or, you know, gives the big green tick to your prayer life. Prayer is not something that we come and we just say some words randomly, um, you know, in the name of prayer. Not necessarily. There's a foundation upon which prayer is built. And that foundation is the condition of your heart. Yes. Prayer is, is, is not the mere regurgitation of words or the mere, you know, just repetition of words. 
prayer is a posture that is first, firstly, uh, 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 or that is precipitated by, uh, or preceded rather, by a, a condition of the heart. Prayer. That foundation is the condition of your heart. And so as a man thinks, as a man thinks, so is he. What that simply means is that your reality, when you check and you see that you're, you're, you're currently, you know, meandering in, in pride, that means the condition of the heart is not right. There's something in the heart that needs to be addressed. We need, we need to be doing this as often as possible and adopt the, 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 the heart posture of David. Else, the things that we are so desiring God to do in our lives, we can never ever see them be made manifest, and never can we fully partake of that divine nature. Amen. That is the foundation. Now, it, you see, it's, it's very important to, to, to come to this point where we just simply realize that when we are being told that man is a spirit okay and uh, man lives in a body man has a soul that teaching although you know i understand where it comes from it is not entirely accurate because what that does is um it gives certain people the license to believe that so as long as your spiritual uh condition is intact or in other words so as long as your spirit man is still being maintained you know through the practices and the disciplines of the spirit that that's what that matters and so a man can be going to church a man could be singing praise and worship in church a man could you know be doing all the religious activities but can still be fornicating um the very next hour can still be uh, you know, doing things that are not so consistent with the will of God for their lives the next day and so forth and so on. That kind of teaching, what that does is it makes it seem as though it is okay to, to be okay spiritually, but then as far as your soul and your body is concerned, you don't need to pay too much attention to that. That's a big mistake because the, the Bible makes us understand and it gives us this depiction that we are a tripartite being. In other words, you and I, we are spirit, soul, and body. The three are very, very crucial, all at the same time. But we need to pay much attention to the order in which Paul actually mentioned, mentions these three uh, parts of, 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 our, of our, you know, our being, of our configuration. You check the book of Thessalonians, First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. And Paul is speaking and, you know, towards the latter end of, of his utterance, he says this. He says, may your entire spirit, soul and body be kept blameless. May your entire spirit, soul and body be kept blameless. So he puts equal importance to all the three uh, uh, parts of, of, the, 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 of the man. Each and every single part of you and I, Paul gives it a significance but at the same time he puts it in that kind of particular order for a specific reason because it is very important that you maintain your spirit that you develop your spirit man 
that you keep your spirit man in check because it is possible to have wickedness be be conceived in in your heart and you will not know and in such a situation you will discover that the flesh is always trying to take control you will discover that the flesh is always trying to trying to determine and dictate how things should be and if your spirit is not the one that's dominating you will discover that you are preaching to people or that you are speaking the word of god to people but you are struggling with pride you are struggling with lust and so many other weights that we ought to lay aside this is what happens when the spirit of a man is not well kept because it is only when you have maintained your spirit man that you are able to keep in check your soul and your body and wickedness and things of that caliber they are birthed and conceived within the soul of a man they are birthed and conceived within the soul of a man because you because you know your soul consists of your mind your intellect and your will and in these three compartments I don't have time to really press into that because we read Jeremiah uh, 29 uh, uh, or 31, 33. It says, I will put my law in the, their inward parts. That inward parts, it says their inward parts and I will write my law on their hearts. That means that there are two, these are two different things altogether. The heart and then the inward parts, two different things altogether. You know, I don't really have time to press into that, but I want you to understand that wicked, wickedness can be conceived in these inward parts. Meanwhile, you are flying high in the spirit on a Sunday where, when you are, you are speaking to people. Or midweek when, when you are trying to preach the word of God to people. Amen. We need to check our hearts. We need to check our hearts, guys, and we need to sustain the humility to allow God to do that probing work, to allow God to, to search our hearts as David cried unto the Lord. The Bible says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Now, have you ever asked yourself, why, why keep? Why the word keep? To keep, you know, I checked it and it translates to garden protecting you know is a militant word to keep is a militant phrase that's the same thing that the lord said to adam in the garden of eden to keep the garden and of course he failed in in, in that um, responsibility that he had and we know how the story goes on from there but failure to keep one's heart with you know with all diligence will result to, to, to many things that even you yourself you're not aware of, it will begin to spring forth from within your heart and it will be made better, it will be laid better for all to see. When you check it in the natural, you discover that every vital organ is protected by something. Yes, your lungs are protected by your rib cage. So many vital organs are protected. Your, 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 your brain protected by your skull, you know, but it happens to be that when it comes to the, the, the matters of the heart, God has given that responsibility of protection to you. Yes, God has, has left it up to you 
to keep with all diligence. That means there's no, there's, there's, there's absolutely, this is your part now. This is where you play your part. You have the responsibility to, to, to guard and to protect with utmost diligence to ensure that absolutely nothing goes into your heart that is not supposed to be there and that nothing springs out of it by reason of your, your lack of awareness of what you, you, you kind of uh, received into your heart. Amen. So we, we ought to be uh, humble enough and allow God to probe us and to search us, to open us up and to reveal to us what is really taking place deep down in our hearts. Keep is the word nasa, protect. It means God. And I said it is your duty for you to be doing all of these things. Now, how did men like Elijah and Elisha and all these great people of God, how were they, how did they have the capacity to speak a word and, and lock the heavens and demand that a time uh, uh, by, by this time tomorrow, you know, they made such utterances that made it seem as if that they were uh, uh, people who were very superior to us. Meanwhile, the Bible says Elijah was a man just like us. If you check the landscape at this moment in time, many churches are littered around. Many churches, many, many churches. But if we were to check and see what the impact of those churches in those territories, the, the correlation does not match. It does not match. It does not match. All it took was one man who was aligned to the will of God to be able to lock the heavens. The reason why I make mention of that is to let you know that perhaps, just perhaps, it is as a result of the condition of the heart. You see, God is not forced and obliged to act just because we say so, not at all. God is not obliged to, to, to move just because you say so. He is God. God is king. And kings do things on their own time and in their own time. You know, God doesn't judge a man by his physical appearance. He, he's not a God that looks at your physique, your stature physically. That's not how our God, that's not how he, 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 he judges things. That's why even a mighty prophet of God like Samuel can even get get it wrong in in, in making an attempt to appoint the, the, the next king of Israel. That's not how God 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 judges a man, you know. So we we need to always be doing a heart check because the Bible says the heart of man is desperately wicked, desperately wicked. So I just wonder. With all the churches littered across many nations, across territories, you know, paralleled with, with the, the, the levels of darkness that, that, that looms large over the, the cities and the towns in which many churches are littered. I just wonder what is actually taking place? Is it because our hearts are not aligned with the will of God? Is it because our hearts, you know, is it because we have our own agendas? Is it because we have our own 
motives for which we, we press into the things of God. These are just questions that we need to ponder on because for as long as um, I remember, but for as long as I can remember, you know, it, it only took one church to be birthed in Jerusalem. All it took, and then later on in Antioch, but all it took was just one church to be established. And that church was able to rattle the foundations of nations. It was able to rattle the foundations that kings had established, that, you know, authorities, rulers that they had established. One church to the point where even the prayers of the saints of that church were able to release one of their people from prison. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. So sometimes I just wonder, with all these churches and all these religious activities going on, I cry out to heaven and I wonder, Lord, why is it that it seems as though darkness is even gaining an upper hand in our day and time? Why is it as though that we have believers, but it, it looks as if the church is being defeated? What is actually taking place? And I came here to, 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 to make an inquiry, to make a probe and search and help us to come to a point where we recognize that perhaps, just perhaps, that our hearts need a checking, that our hearts need to, to, to undergo God's probing, um, 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 you know, probing um, scheme. Because it is so paramount that our hearts be aligned with the will of God. Amen. The Bible says in Psalm 139 verse 23, that same scripture I've mentioned already, you know, but it, it, my emphasis is even towards the latter end of that scripture. When David begins to cry out, this is actually what he says. In verse 23, he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. He says, Try me and know my anxieties, and see if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. You know, the point of emphasis here is when David makes a, a, a request, it says, and see if there is any wicked way in me. That sounds like a contradiction because, you know, he's supposing that the wickedness is already there. Meanwhile, there are some things that you could have picked along the way that you, you might have not known of. Yes, it's possible, very possible for you to have just come out of a church service and on your way home you pick up something that did not please God or something that was inconsistent with God's expectations. Amen. And so this is where now David's other prayer or request that he makes, you know, God search for any hidden faults because sometimes you come to a point where you might not even be aware that there is wickedness in your heart. It's very possible to have wickedness in your heart and you might not even be aware of it. I came to let you understand that. Very, very, very possible. Very, very possible. Wickedness doesn't necessarily need to be something that pertains to you wanting to, you know, cause harm to someone, you know, things of that kind. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Imagine John the Baptist was someone who actually baptized Jesus Christ himself. He was the one that, he was the, 
you he testified of the Lord. This is the Lamb of God. You, he, you know, he testified of the Lord. Meanwhile, a while after, he is sending his own disciples to go and inquire of Jesus and ask him, are you the one or should we expect another? And I came to let you know that as, as um, uh, okay as that questioning was or sounds like, I want, you to, I want to let you know that there is a, 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 a hint of, of pride or a hint of borderline jealousy that caused him to ask that question. Because before Jesus became the superstar, John the Baptist was the superstar. I'm just trying to break it down as simple as I can so that you can just get the picture. Today I just came with a burden from the Lord. Just, just you know, didn't really come to teach necessarily, but just to share a burden. And I pray that as I'm speaking, that you will understand the necessity for allowing our hearts to undergo a test, to undergo a search, a probing, to allow God to try our hearts. Amen. John the Baptist. Is actually, you don't recognize that this is what's in your heart until the day where the light of God begins to reveal it and make and, 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 and you know, just cause it to be made manifest. Hannah was praying, sounded like a, 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 you know, a very calm prayer to me, very calm prayer, just asking for a child because someone is, is uh, mocking her, she wants a child. Meanwhile, God had not answered her prayers. Not for any other reason other than the fact that it was just, <laughs> it's not even good enough of a reason for God to give you a child just because someone is mocking you. Imagine, that's not good enough of a reason. That means even there, there's, there's a posture of the heart that is not consistent with, with the heart of God. And so Hannah changes her prayer point and she aligns her will with the will of God and then very instant the Lord begins to answer her request very instant and that even changes the testimony that was upon her lips amen so it's actually not in the until the day where a crisis will strike you that you will discover what's in your heart and I round off by saying this when Simeon was speaking to Mary when Jesus was being dedicated in the temple, this is what Simeon said to Mary. He said, a sword shall pierce your side. And by reason of this sword piercing your side, or piercing your heart, you know, the thoughts of many shall be revealed. He's speaking very, very literally, but at the same time, very parabolically. And he shall let Mary understand that a day of calamity will strike you and when that happens the thoughts of many shall be revealed through that adverse circumstance mm. sometimes sometimes it is not until the day of adversity that you discover what's really really in your heart rounded off at this moment in time. It is not until the day when 
a, a situation that you never expected really hits you that you discover the condition of your heart. God is reminding us today of this. Yes. I've been in situations in my life where I would question God. What is actually taking place? Why is this person, you know, you get to a point, you feel as if, but then God is using all those situations, all those circumstances to actually reveal to you the condition of your heart. And I pray for you wherever you are. I pray in the name of Jesus that as I speak now, may God begin to reveal to you the areas in your heart that you, you need to address. The weights that you need to let go of in the name of Jesus. We need to let go of the weights. Paul speaks to us in, in the scriptures and he says, lay aside every weight. And I like how the NIV puts it. You know, the NIV puts it this way. Um, in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 it says let us lay aside every um, weight it actually uses a different phrase there encumbrance every weight and sin that so easily entangles there goes my word that so easily entangles many are the things that we've we've allowed to choke our perspective many are the things that we've allowed to ensnare us to encircle around us and I pray for you wherever you are at this moment in time, I pray that the Lord will help you by His Spirit to be able to search your heart. The Bible says in First uh, Corinthians chapter two, verse ten, it says, "The Spirit of God searches all things, yea, the deep things of God." You know, it is by reason of the probing work of the Holy Spirit that you and I we are able to see the hidden faults within us hidden idols, the, the, the stumbling blocks that we that which we need to let go of. You know, it is the Spirit of God that searches all things, even the deep things of God. I want you to just lift up your hands wherever you are at this present moment in time and begin to ask the Spirit of God, begin to ask God Himself that, Lord, may you search my heart. May you search my heart, O oh God. Help me to identify every idol, every stumbling block. Have I been using you and throwing you away when I feel as if I don't need you anymore? Is that the heart posture that I have? Am I someone that, that you know prays to you and seeks things for myself and then, and then just discards you off shortly thereafter? Am I that type of person? Or am I someone who has willingly yielded my absolutely everything to you? Am I someone that loves you more than ministry? Am I someone that loves you more than the results that I'm looking for? Am I someone that loves you more than the, 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 that degree that I am looking to acquire? Am I someone that loves you more than all of these things? Have you been seeking the face of God just because you've been facing some difficult situation recently? Is that the heart posture that we have? 
God is reminding us today. He says, when you search for him and when you do so with all of your heart, not some, everything, that's when you will find him. Ladies and gentlemen, there are no short corners in the things of God. There are no short corners. And I came to, 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 to make a clarion call. I came to, to, to blow a shofar and let you and I know that in order for us to be able to maximize the Kairos moments, there is a need for our hearts to be aligned to the will of God. There is a need for us to be aligned to God. There is a need for us to be to, to, to have our hearts in synchrony with, with, with God. Amen. So right now, I pray for you. And I thank God for revealing to you the areas that need to be rectified in preparation for the great and mighty things that He is willing to, to use you to do. And I ask that He will grant you the grace, the sufficient grace, to be able to lay aside every weight that you may be able to run this race in the strength and power of the Spirit of God. I want to take this as an opportunity uh, to you know, just make a, a, an altar call or whatsoever we, we may call it uh, in the current circumstances that we find ourselves. But quite simply, if you're watching me now and uh, you do not know the Lord and you want to get to know Him, you want to be a partaker of His divine nature, um, you know, I would just want to invite you at this moment in time just to really open up your heart and begin to just ask God to fill you, ask Him to come and dwell in you, and ask Him to, to, to find a, a resting place in your heart. Just pray this in your own way. Just pray this in your own way. Pray this in your own way. If you're not a believer and you're watching and you know, you've been so convicted and you want to give your life to Christ, I want to take this as an opportunity for you to do so. Maybe you are a Christian as well and uh, you've lost that fire, you've lost that spark, you've lost it, you've lost it and uh, you know, your walk with God is, is, is in tatters. I want you at this moment in time to also begin to re-consecrate yourself unto God. Just ask Him to fill you afresh. I sense the presence of God at this moment in time. And I pray that wherever you are, that God will fill you afresh in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, wherever you are, just ask God to fill you afresh. Say, Lord, fill me up. Fill me up, oh God. After he's taken away all the stumbling blocks, what you want him to do now is fill you afresh. You know, I hear the Spirit of the Lord say to me uh, that, you know, and this is a word to someone. This is not a matter of condemnation. The Lord is, is not condemning you. It is a matter of, you know, God only, the Bible says, he chastens them whom he loves. Yes. When you graduate from a child to a son, the kingdom the lord begins to to speak to you in a very different way and uh, today is a call to climb up higher to those those dimensions and so i want to take this as an opportunity to let you know that it is not a matter of condemnation but it is, a, it is simply the lord 
revealing to you the depths of his love for you. Else God will not be speaking about the condition of the heart. He wants to see you go far. Yes. And that's what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Uh, so I'm, I'm just speaking as inspired by the Spirit and I, as uh, received in my spirit. You know, I, I sense the Lord saying to someone that that fire, you know, just put your hand on your belly if you've lost that fire, that spark, that flame. Just keep your hand there. Keep your hand there if you've lost that flame, that fire. The passion, the zeal that you once had for the things of God. Maybe certain things have begun to choke it and, and block it all out. I pray for you now in the name of Jesus. May a fresh fire locate you wherever you are in Jesus' name. Let the fire upon your altar, may it perpetually burn in the name of Jesus. And I pray that right now the Spirit of the living God will fill you afresh wherever you are. Just receive that in Jesus' name. Wherever you are right now, I pray for a fresh impartation of, 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 of grace. The grace that will cause you to travel in the place of prayer. The grace that will cause you to stand and stand well. In the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for you wherever you are. I pray for you wherever you are. Someone Someone is, is seeking the Lord for emotional healing and not just emotional healing, I believe physical healing also. At this moment in time, wherever that pain is, you know, I'm, I'm not going to name each and every single one of them one by one, but you know, whatsoever you are demanding of the Lord, wherever that sickness is, just lay your hand there and I pray in the name of Jesus that the Lord God Almighty that is able to restore each and every single one of us and bring us to, to perfection. I pray that this God will locate that infirmity of yours and, and, and completely override that infirmity with the abundance of his life in the name of Jesus. So we dismiss that illness, we dismiss that pain in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Once again, if you want to give your life to Christ, if you're watching this, I urge you, uh, you know, just message anyone at the end of service and they will be able to advise you accordingly on, on what you ought to do from this moment onwards. God bless you guys and I trust and I pray that in these Kairos moments that we will continue to sustain a heart posture that is ready to receive all of God. And remember, the price for all of God is all of you. God bless you. We are now going to enter into a time of worship. And if anything in the sermon stuck out to you or you'd like prayer for anything at all, don't hesitate to contact us. We would love to pray for you. And if you're new to faith or would like to give your life to Jesus, we'd love to pray or answer any questions you might have. So join us now by clicking on the link in the description box below. You can also send us any prayer requests by DMing any of our social media accounts. And we are always praying for you, family. Fix my eyes upon the cross
is greater And grace and mercy found me All the blood of Jesus is greater See you doing. 